Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 182nd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Thank you so much for joining us after a wonderful Christmas holiday break here. Um, If you guys didn't get a chance to listen to our holiday-themed episode this past week over the Christmas break there, I know it was kind of tough. It's hard to listen to podcasts when, um, you know, you got so much going on. But if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, me and Travis Stevens did a fantastic episode, I might say, um, on Christmas and some holiday-themed songs. It was so much fun. I really, really got a kick out of that episode. I've listened to it several times already. I've had so many people reach out and comment on just how much fun that episode was. So please go back and listen to it um, before that holiday feeling is fully gone from your system. Uh, It was a lot of fun. In this episode, we're going to head out to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics in the Jurassic Wire. Aaron Byer and I will tackle some follow-up from previous episodes, a bit of somewhat recent news, and mostly discuss our hopes and dreams for Jurassic in 2019. We really hope you like everything that is featured in this sixth iteration of the Jurassic Wire. All debates and conversations in this segment are our own opinions and insights from things that we've seen in and around the community. As always, stay tuned to the beginning of the segment to hear everything that we'll be discussing. So before we get things going, we have some business to take care of. Please do me a favor and stick around to the end of the episode for an announcement regarding the podcast. We'll also be posting about it on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, so just keep your eyes peeled. Next up, I just wanted to take care of a few thank yous. So if you guys have seen any of our recent videos over on YouTube, Homestyle Harvest, um, a great company, sent us some chicken nuggets that are Jurassic-related. They have the Jurassic World brand on them, and they are dinosaur chicken nuggets, of course. Um, We opened them up. We cooked them. We had some for dinner. They're awesome. They sent us that. So thank you so much, Homestyle Harvest. Um, Also, of course, Mattel sent us one of those awesome awesome boxes i'm sure you've seen them floating around the internet but uh these dino rivals boxes are incredible they have a few items in there from their upcoming 2019 line which are actually kind of already in stores so not everything but some some of the pieces are but i am just super thankful that mattel and uh, of course brit shots the brand manager for jurassic world over at mattel um you know took the time to send us this box it's absolutely incredible i am so thankful 
thankful, like I said. Thank you guys so much. And, of course, we have uh, the complete unboxing video of the box. Um, so make sure to check that out over on our YouTube. And lastly, I wanted to thank my buddy Rick um, for sending me an awesome Christmas present. Uh, that was completely unexpected. Just wanted to mention it here. He sent me um, an awesome Jurassic-related uh, item over there. So you can actually see the full video over on YouTube of me opening up that gift. And uh, also there is that Homestyle Harvest video, uh, the Christmas gift. Um, and we also had a Happy Holidays video recently over there. And the Mattel box. And um, actually, I think one of our last uh, videos over there was Zia Rodriguez. Uh, we opened up the um, Mattel figure Zia Rodriguez. It's awesome. And I've had that video sitting around for a little while and finally just got around to posting it. So make sure to go check that out. And continuing here with YouTube, this coming week here, we have a Funko uh, video from Tom Fishenden. He actually is going to be covering the park vehicle, which actually has Ellie in there. Uh, that's a really cool looking item. I'm going to be covering the concavenator uh which is an awesome new dino rivals uh toy so spoilers if you haven't seen the unboxing video yet um and this week we'll also be covering amazing the t-rex now i know tom fishenden covered this man back in i think it was august um but, you know, I didn't get a chance to look at this until just recently, so I, I had to do it. So I threw it up there again on YouTube. And uh, we'll also be covering the Bite and Fight T-Rex, which is one of the newest, um, you know, big size T-Rexes. This thing is incredible. So make sure to check out that review coming up. And we'll also have a video from Universal Orlando down in Islands of Adventure. So I, I'm super backlogged on videos, so just keep your eyes peeled, and there'll be some hopefully really cool content for you all. But enough of all that. Why don't we get this episode kicked off with the sixth iteration of the Jurassic Wire? debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Roger that. L1, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Copy that. Go, go! Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I am Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. The Jurassic Wire is the segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast where we discuss all the latest news in the Jurassic saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. Today, we're going to be discussing some past episode follow-up, some new stuff from Frontier, Christmas time at Jurassic World, and what we are most looking forward to in 2019. But before all that, let's welcome in Aaron Beyer. How's it going? Uh, hey Brad, Happy New Year! Oh yeah, it's it's uh, what is what is today? Today is uh, New Year's the Eve, thirty first New yeah. Year's Eve. Wow, I can't I can't believe it. I say this each and every episode as we're getting closer to the end of the year. I'm like, I can't believe it, but here we are. 2019 we're, is upon us. We're only two years out from the Jurassic World sequel, so <laughs> like or from oh. the third movie. So we're we're getting closer, man. We're getting closer, man. It's 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 <laughs> get ready for two years of hype. Oh man. Wow. We get a lot to look forward to, I think. I think we have a lot of downtime to look forward to. I guess uh, as yeah. far as like as far as like the the hype train goes, but uh who knows? Maybe Universal will try to keep it alive this time. 
Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about some of those um, things that we're looking forward to, and uh, maybe how hard that was to kind of come up with things later on. But um, why don't we go ahead and follow up with um, some interesting things that we actually looked over? I think last time, so um, a few episodes ago, we actually asked everybody about um, like Halloween and stuff like that in the theme parks. Now I know it's it's December and Christmas just happened. But um, we're going we're gonna to kick it back to Halloween just for a second um, because I think it will, it will tie nicely into this episode and stuff like that, even though we're already past Christmas. I just want to still be in that vibe. Um, but if anybody remembers, we asked, like, uh, what, what kind of attractions or things do you think would be inside a Jurassic World, like a legit Jurassic World theme park um, during Halloween time? Um, and of course, both of us came up with some fun answers, but let's see over here on Twitter. I just wanted to highlight some, um, Derek Davis says, Mr. DNA's bloody ride, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? From your blood. And Mr. DNA pulls out a knife. (laughs) Dark. That is, that is very scary and just haunting. You know, it's kind of like Chucky, right? Like you'd imagine like Chucky's like the playful little kid's toy, Sort of like Mr. DNA, and then he pulls out a knife. That's pretty hilarious. I like. I would be. I don't know if I would want. This is not a family ride. This is this is terrifying. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that juxtaposition of a very cute character with this, you know, compared with a psychotic uh, character. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's terrifying. I that's that's a Halloween attraction for sure. Now, some people took it as like. In world, some people took it as like our world with I don't know, like like as if some of the characters are kind of like laughing at themselves in a way. Like here's one from Victoria Cantina, uh, Victoria's Cantina. Sorry, uh, it says, "How about an animatronic Iris chasing after you in a dark maze, shouting bath, bath, bath?" <laughs> oh my gosh. Iris. <laughs> At first, oh, I was God. like, "Who's Iris?" But then yeah. I remember exactly. You gotta remember, yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's also horrifying." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um, there was another one like that. Um, oh, let's see. Okay, uh, Arjun here says the Indominus escape Zach and Gray's journey from it coming up behind your gyrosphere to being chased by raptors until the end of the fight with the T Rex. See, that's like in in world, I guess, but like super in world where the characters are kind of in on it that's um that would be a fun actual ride or something That'd like that fun, in like a like, real park like here yeah, yeah like, like what they're doing in california or something like yeah that. yeah but not like in jurassic world but i would 100 percent be on board with like riding that gyrosphere ride in in like universal studios oh man that would be so good and i i'm still pulling for Someone, I just, I just hope that someone at Frontier is just sitting by themselves in an office. Like, you know, we were discussing uh, doing like performance reviews and having to set your goals for like 2019 and uh, off air. And I was like, you know, and now I'm thinking it would be great if someone at Frontier was like, hey, um, I'm just gonna sit by myself and do some kind of VR experience with the already existing uh jurassic world evolution like assets and they're like yeah oh, sure yeah. kid like whatever go figure it out and then it comes out and it's just awesome um, <laughs> yeah that'd be great. well it's kind of like i was thinking with um with tom recently on an episode where i was like uh why doesn't oh how, how did i put it i forget how why doesn't um oh yeah frontier like make the real life 
versions of some of these rides, you know, for their for their game for Jurassic World Evolution. I think that would be really awesome. You know, if there is is a river adventure from Universal Studios, but themed to Jurassic World in world, you know, actual ride. I think that'd be really cool, man. That'd be super awesome. And honestly, that would be it'd almost be so easy for them to create because they already have the the path mechanics for the gyrosphere. If you could somehow like put a path in water, like you already have the mechanics to make a stream if you wanted to or a river. And then you have the path mechanics. All you have to do is attach a boat to the path instead of the gyrosphere. And you could have something very similar to the river adventure. I don't know exactly like if it would be, you know, plot for plot, but like you could create a river adventure if they just combine those two already existing mechanics in that yeah. game. Oh, it, it it should be pretty simple. Um, moving back here, I got uh, Lonnie Clay says the house paddock featuring the ghost of Muldoon socks. <laughs> oh, Muldoon socks, <laughs> the dunes. You gotta have the dunes in there somehow, right? Do you feel like? Do you think dunes are a part of the souvenir experience at Jurassic World, or is that getting too? Uh, <sighs> Yeah. Is that getting like too involved with the movies itself? Yeah, exactly. See, like that's hilarious to us, but but in world, how what what sense would that make? None, right? Well, if if the dunes are part of the the costume or part of the uniform, I guess, yeah. Previously discussed, then maybe like maybe <laughs> the employees are in on it. It was like, hey, you know what? Like people think these socks are funny. We should sell them in the souvenir gift shop that's that's a very very good point because you know um certain outfits and stuff like that at disney world may become iconic because it looks you know interesting or funny or 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 just cool in general and uh it comes becomes like a cultural thing so i could i could maybe see that happening maybe maybe Uh, i don't know (laughs) yeah um let's see Somebody here just says a compy hayride. Austin Bo says that uh, a compy hayride. I mean, that sounds kind of vicious, but uh... <laughs> it sounds like you would get bit and then fall asleep and then not realize that you just got off a hayride. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raptors in the mist from MJ Knight. That sounds creepy. Very creepy. Yep. Um, but yeah, some people are like, "Well, a T Rex breakout attack." Yeah. Uh, that's also very this all these things are going to be terrifying for the Jurassic guests you know raptors in the mist mist uh, t-rex breakout uh, walking around long grass with raptors around that's all horrifying like it for real like park goers yeah I think anything involving raptors uh, any kind of raptor encounter uh, is going to be terrifying really anything with any I would think small carnivores that are kind of fast and yeah you know kind of can dart in and out of of places uh, that would be pretty creepy, especially at night. And uh, uh, here from Holiday Williams, Dilophosaurus meet and greet. You know, you'd, that'd be great. You just line up uh, and you, you go up. You're like, all right, son, come on. I'm going to go take a picture with Mr. Dilophosaurus. And then he just spits right in your eyes and you're blind forever. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> gift to take home. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a memory. <laughs> I got a picture of it, mom, but I can't see it. That's a memory, man. You you would not forget your trip. I mean, it would yeah. Oh, it would be the last thing you'd actually ever see. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, dark. That's real dark. Yeah. Let's move on to the next follow up here. Um, now, recently, me and you also did an episode about, um, you know, the uh, 
top Mattel toys or whatever you want to call it that we could fit like in and around a hundred dollars. Um, and we just wanted to highlight uh, Victoria's Cantina here says um, her list would be the Legacy T Rex at twenty dollars, uh, Superposable Indoraptor at twenty dollars, Claire and Gyrosphere Story Pack at fifteen dollars, Owen and Blue Story Pack at fifteen dollars, uh, Action Attack Stegosaurus twenty dollars. Battle damage Stiggy Moloch at ten dollars. So there you go. That's a that's a pretty good pack as well. Yeah, she killed it with uh, hitting exactly a hundred dollars. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. She got, I mean, she got everything in there. She got uh, a couple characters. She got a vehicle. She got some big dinosaurs, some small dinosaurs, uh, some carnivores, some herbivores. Like she she nailed it for for you know right on a hundred dollars. So uh, nicely done. Yeah, she's the only reply that I saw to that one, uh, but really well done. Yeah, that I thought that was really good. I was like, "Oh wow, there's actually a long list here." I feel like mine was like super short, but um, I think in my case, like putting in the vehicle that came with nothing, uh, really kind of threw my uh, list. Even though I still I still stand by my list, but I, I think that threw it where I could have added other things like like a uh, Owen and Blue or a Claire and Gyrosphere or something like that. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you really only need one vehicle to tell. A story so i feel like you hit your jeep uh i mean there is no right or wrong answer obviously no, for, no. for this list so um yeah i just thought this was a really good list and it's what was nice is it was different than both of ours so mm-hmm. you know it just kind of added a little bit of extra variation to that um but yeah but moving on here uh we will jump into topics and and there's not a ton to talk about with this first one here uh jurassic world evolution has released a a score so frontier released the score for that album or for that uh video game and i went ahead because i'm a subscriber to like the amazon prime music and it popped up right away on there basically as soon as they released it um i i don't have the exact um price on here but i think it was like seven pounds or something like that you know um for their album if you i guess if you went to their website um but on amazon i just downloaded it right away because i am already subscribed to that service so i was super pumped to now have that in my collection it's beautiful um and one of the things i I never really put the pieces together but it really reminds me of like playing uh, Minecraft or something like that because Minecraft has like some incredible music and I've always really loved that music I've downloaded that in the past and uh, now listening to this like on its own I'm like oh wow it definitely has vibes of that you know like kind of like very peaceful tranquil stuff of course there's a lot more uh, up-tempo scarier stuff when the dinosaurs are are out and all that but overall I thought it was just an awesome uh, score from front to back yeah, it was really weird. Um, not two weeks ago was I having a discussion with uh, you and uh, Steve from Unicast, and it was like, hey, I'm trying to get the Evolution soundtrack. They've got it on YouTube. I'd love to somehow figure out how to download it. So and here I am being like a bad guy, like trying to you know, get, rip this stuff off the internet. And then the Frontier Gods uh, decided to bless us with an official score. And of course, that's the way I want to listen to it. Uh, yeah. One, it's better quality. Two, it supports the artist and supports the composer. Uh, but uh, on iTunes, actually, I got it through Apple Music because I subscribe uh, through Apple Music. However, you can buy it for $9.99 uh, through Apple Music. This is something I would actually love to get a hard copy for. Um, I don't get hard copies of too much music except for Jurassic. I try to get as much hard stuff as I possibly can. So um, I'm actually looking for a way to uh, buy an official thing. And I think if I don't get an, if there's nothing official, I may just end up 
buying the CD from iTunes and then burning it to a disc and then creating some kind of dust jacket myself um, because it's really cool artwork on the front. And what I love about this music is that uh, we got a little taste of in-world Jurassic World music on the original soundtrack for the fourth movie. Um, but this is this entire album is nothing but quote-unquote in-world music. It's, it's just totally chill, relaxed music that you would probably hear if Jurassic World was a real place. Yeah, that is a fair point. I, I actually didn't even consider it like that. Um, but yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. It is like background music that you would hear walking around the park and stuff like that. So it's awesome. It's 39 tracks. Like that's yeah, that's a lot of stuff. And yes, they're short. Some of them are short. But, you know, there's there's some, you know, two, three minute stuffs in there. So it's it's pretty good. It's huge. And I think, you know, video game scores have become a really big thing, uh, you know, ever since... I want to say the original Lost World game on PS1 was one of the first games to have a orchestral uh, score, um, you know, from Michael Giacchino. And they've gotten really big to the point now where almost every big video game uh, releases their score. And, you know, I was getting kind of worried because I thought that the score would release right alongside the game, like most scores do. Um, but there must have been enough uh, feedback that people, you know, that that they released it for everyone. And um, I think putting it on these rental services or I call them rental services, they're more like streaming services, I guess, but putting them on these services and making it so that you don't have to pay the the $10 fee uh, to own uh, the license is that's awesome. And that's just good for consumers. That's good for everyone. Yeah. Honestly, when I, um, when I heard it was available, I, I didn't even bother checking Amazon until I think James Ronan, one of the contributors here on our uh, writing team said like, Hey, it's on Amazon. I'm like, Oh, Oh, really? Like, I didn't expect it to be on, like, that streaming service. Um, but, yeah, and and I guess it was probably out there, what, from, like, the PC versions. People easily ripped them out, I guess, from there. Um, probably, I would assume so. Yeah, and that's always a shame. If it's not available, that's just what happens, you know? It's just something that occurs, and there's no other way to find it. What are you supposed to do? Um, but it's great that it's actually available now and you can pay for it. You can support everybody. And, uh, Jeremiah Pena is the, uh, the artist who actually created all that stuff. And now I'm looking through on like his iTunes and I see that there's actually like a bunch of albums and stuff. And I'm like, okay, now I got to dive into all his stuff because like that, like I said, that like soft, like soothing stuff is right up my alley. So I can't wait to check out the rest of his music. So that's the great thing about like releasing it legit is you can discover more stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're always going to have this culture of of ripping and piracy, but this is a true testament, you know, to the quality of the work, um, you know, that Frontier and the composer did. It's just like, that's the ultimate compliment to say like, hey, I want to listen to your video game music, like, just on my own. Like, I don't even want to necessarily have to be in the game. I just kind of want to maybe be at work and and chill out to, to your music. Like, that's awesome. And so I'm glad they did this. Uh, like I said, this is a win for everybody. So um, hopefully with maybe some more expansions, maybe we'll get some uh, like an EP or something of expanded tracks or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we live in this world now where like it's it's cool to listen to this stuff. You know, like I feel like when we were growing up and when I was younger, like I always felt like awkward that I loved, um, you know, s- movie scores and right. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and even, even like video cool game thing. music, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I always felt like it was uncool to listen to this stuff. But guys, if, if, if you're still on that train, like, get off. Because it is 
super cool. The music is awesome. You know, if you're not listening to John Williams, I don't know what you're doing with your life. If you're not listening to this stuff, like you got to get on board. It's amazing. Don't let anybody feel, uh, make you feel bad about it. No. Yeah. It's totally awesome. And I, again, I can't state enough how excited I am this, that I am. I can't state enough how excited <laughs> I am that I have this available Yeah, whenever I want. I know. And it like, it's been out for a few weeks now, but we just wanted to highlight it just in case um, people didn't get the memo uh, because I haven't been able to really cover everything recently in the news on the show. We've had like super, super long episodes or I've been away or stuff like that. So we didn't really get to cover a lot of recent news. So that's why we're covering it here. But yeah, so why don't we go ahead and move on to our second topic here, which is um, kind of the offshoot of the Halloween stuff that we were talking about before. But what about Christmas at Jurassic World? Um, I just recently went to Disney World, and they, uh, of course, have a ton of Christmas offerings down there. Um, so, yeah, everything is obviously decked out in decorations um, from, you know, the front to the back of the park. There's just garland and trees and, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, toy soldiers and all kinds of things everywhere. Um, there's, like, hot chocolate offerings, uh, meet and greets, special stuff like that. Um, I, and, and of course we talked about how it was Christmas time, uh, during the first Jurassic World movie, but nothing was happening, which is such a missed opportunity, right? Don't you think it is? Or do you think I'm, I'm, I want to like phrase it to you. Like, would they bring in more people by offering different, uh, packages essentially during certain times of the year, like a Christmas time of the year or is it to their benefit to have no theming the entire year? What do you think? Uh, no, I think there's a definite benefit to putting badging and theming up for the holidays. I mean, I feel like Disney World, for I'm going to say a majority of people out there, Disney World is that once-in-a-lifetime you know, experience, right? And so Disney doesn't say, well – a lot of people coming to the park this week, this is the one time they're ever going to be able to do this. They, they're they just like, hey, if this is your one time that you're ever, ever able to do this in your life, you get to experience us at Christmas. You get to experience not only Disney World, which is special in itself, but you also get to experience a special time of year at Disney World. So I don't see why Jurassic World would shy away from it. Now, from a movie-making, uh, wanting to be relevant all year round kind of thing i understand why there wasn't a ton of christmas decoration in yeah, the film itself yeah, yeah, but it makes sense. <laughs> then why have that one random song at the airport like it, <laughs> it never made sense to me as to why jurassic world needed to take place at the holidays like i i could never could i it never i just could not understand why that was the case like just so they could get that one bird foot stomping in the beginning of the movie that's it Right? Do you really, do you has, really think that was it? That has to be the only reason. What other reason is there? Somebody please tell us because outside of like – I don't know. I, I can't think of the bird anything like else stomp outside of that. Like, couldn't the bird stomp in like a water ripple? And that's actually like more iconic to the franchise than – I I, 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 I don't know. Dude, like you're right. I think the bird is really the only reason that it takes place – at the holidays is just so that they can add snow to the beginning of that. It has to be the only reason, but like, I, I just, I mean, even it could have been like February. I, I, I don't know, man. It just, it could have been any time of the year. 
even if there was snow, it could have been like, you know, like I said, March, February, any time in there. And it would have seemed fine. Then they could have just not included the Christmas music. But just ha- not having snow in general would have made it much more digestible. But right. I think I got to think that the only reason that there's anything Christmas related is because of that one foot stomp in the beginning. And that's it. There's there's no other reason, at least in my mind. So I recently watched, for the first time ever, so I, I now have seen this film. I've never seen it, which is almost shameful, but I've never seen Die Hard. And I just watched it the other day. Um, well, I shouldn't say the other day. I watched it like right before Christmas. And they don't shy away from the fact that it's Christmas. I mean, the party is on the – the Christmas party in that movie – is on like one floor of the building and then because there's no one else working in the building there's no other christmas deco but like they don't shy away from the fact that it's the holidays like it's snowing outside they're all saying like you know there's kind of like jokes about it being the holidays and all this stuff so i mean die hard is a super popular movie that's been around for now over 25 years and it's still in the the zeitgeist so it obviously yeah. didn't hurt that movie. I don't know why Christmas badging would hurt. Uh, yeah, badging and decoration would hurt Jurassic World. But, um, you know, it's too bad they didn't add any of that. Uh, I do think, like, because you had kind of talked about this with Jen on a recent mailbag. And I think, like, uh, when we went to Hawaii, my wife and I, it wasn't near the holiday season. But because Hawaii, again, is one of these, like, once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunities for a lot of people – um, they had like a, a Christmas section uh, at one of the gift shops we stopped in and it kind of gave you a feel for what like a Hawaiian Christmas might look like. And so we kind of have that replicated a little bit in our apartment. So like we we don't actually do a tree because we don't have the floor space for a tree. So we do um, like green, like uh, like evergreen, like uh, greenery going up our uh, stairway in our apartment, in our townhome. And then within that greenery we put like some uh bright green ribbon and then we have like bright green and orange flowers uh Mm kind of spaced in between and i feel like that's definitely something that a real jurassic world you know could do that is yeah yeah it's festive but it also keeps with that very hot and tropical you know motif that they've got going i shouldn't say motif because it's not fake but um you know that hot and tropical you know feel that they've got going on uh that they just can't avoid uh, in Costa Rica. So they could definitely do something like that. They could, you know, wrapping lights around palm trees. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that they could do to really holiday it up. Yeah. I think it would definitely benefit them when you're talking about like, um, returning guests and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because returning guests would definitely want a separate experience. You know, they might want to visit during Halloween. They might want to visit during Christmas, wherever. Um, But I I think like a first-time guest kind of wants that traditional experience where they don't want anything like that. I would would assume. Um, At least personally from my standpoint, I think as well. Um, I I would just want it to be Jurassic World. I I don't want it to be overly Christmas or overly Halloween or whatever it is. Um, and one of the things that makes me think this way is because if you visit, um, Disneyland, you know, around Halloween or, or Christmas, I think they still have it going if I correct me if I'm wrong, but they do the nightmare before Christmas over the haunted mansion. It's like a full overlay. And I would personally hate to see that. (laughs) I just want, I just want the haunted mansion. Just give me the haunted mansion 
and nothing else. I, I don't want an overlay over one of my, or not one of, my favorite ride ever. Like, I just want to experience it the way it is. I guess I could see that from a standpoint of, like, it's a ride, and it's a classic ride, so I can definitely see people having, like, beef with, um, you know, changing the experience in that way. But, and I don't think Jurassic World was ne- would necessarily need to do that. I don't think there's really anything holiday theme they could do for a ride necessarily but i definitely like i definitely could see like store displays being a little uh festive and and the main street being you know decorated a little bit maybe uh not a giant palm tree but maybe they do something with some you know prehistoric ferns or something like some big display uh that they light up or or something with ornaments or flowers or whatever i don't know yeah i think there's a i think there's a unique way that you know people who live in the tropics uh you know, decorate for the holidays that I think Jurassic world could benefit from. I don't think they would necessarily do what, you know, in North America, the whole, like, you know, up in the North where we're at, it's like all like, uh, evergreen trees and garland and, and poinsettias and all that stuff. But if you go down to like Arizona, they've got a whole different way of, of decorating for the holidays. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. And and the, the interesting thing is that there's no, like, there at least there shouldn't be like locals to Jurassic World. I wouldn't think um, unless you can buy a timeshare or something and just stay down there constantly. But there, you know how like, you know, Orlando has the locals for Disney World and, you know, out in California, there's locals that go to that park. Um, but I don't think there would be locals to Jurassic World, right? Unless you're like coming over from Costa Rica constantly. Well, no, but you also have to think that your employees at yeah. Jurassic World, they're are... besides the point, though. Uh, I but, guess. Well, I guess the, when on your off day, I guess if you're going to visit the park, if you're like a super if you're fan, the park, I would just think that like a lot of these employees who are, if you're if you're an older, more seasoned employee, you're probably higher up in the in the uh, not the food chain necessarily, but like the you're just probably a higher up like an exec or um you know you're a full-time employee but then there's got to be people that are like college who are doing like interns and stuff i would imagine like operating rides right like the guy the guy from yeah. Jurassic World. i just operate the ride i don't know anything you know um you got to keep morale up and a lot of times with morale it is about decorating the work environment and you know kind of keeping you know taking those traditions from home and inserting them you know into the workplace so I don't know. You just you just never know. I would imagine that that just living there day after day, seeing the same exact thing, you would definitely want some holiday injection. I would think. Yeah, I guess so. Where yeah. you live. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Really interesting. I think it's it's harder to decorate for. I think the the Christmas and Hanukkah season holidays at Jurassic World than it would be for like Halloween. Halloween is almost easy for Jurassic World. Yeah, Halloween's easy. I don't know. I feel like Christmas and Hanukkah and all that is is fairly easy too. I mean, uh, they just could have light packages and stuff like that, depending on what they're celebrating that night. Or, um, you know, like uh, at Disney World, they have the the Christmas party at night, so you pay an extra fee. Um, I imagine Jurassic World shuts down at 7 p.m., and then at 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. or 12 or whatever, then you have a Christmas party. And it snows on, on Main Street in, in Jurassic World. Um, and you have like a special parade and, and all that stuff. They're, they're, you get free cookies and hot chocolate. Like it could be its own experience. So I don't know. Uh, it, it it does sound like a fun place. I would, if, if 
I had the opportunity to go more than once, I would definitely take it up on that. But I wouldn't want to visit my first time on uh, a Christmas theme. I just want to be, you know, perfectly clean, like just normal Jurassic World. That's just the way I want to experience it, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to like rack my brain for Jurassic World specific things that you could do at the holidays. Yeah, and I don't like, know. I feel like because dinosaurs are inherently scary, um, it's so easy for a Halloween to be like, oh, we're going to do a scary ride through the park or something like that. But like at Christmas, it's like, what do you what do you do? Well, do you Hollywood Studios, you know, down in Florida has uh, the the lagoon there in and uh, they have Gertie the dinosaur in there. And she's just got um just a, a Santa hat on. That's it. That's her halloween or uh christmas time theming um yeah i mean and, fair enough yeah i don't know yeah um I, i'm trying to think because the the dinosaur section in animal kingdom i i don't think there was really all that much going on in there decoration wise maybe i'm wrong but uh i don't remember much going on as far as like christmas decorations in that section yeah i don't i'm trying to think i've been there at christmas too and i just don't think i don't think animal kingdom does too much they do but it's very subtle um but yeah it's not not anything that like stands out all that much i don't think but yeah the and then oh yeah so the gertie has also like a christmas ball like in her mouth that's hanging from her mouth um but yeah that's there's not a ton going on so as far as like specific stuff to jurassic world there isn't really much you can do i don't think so i think it would just be traditional theme park stuff whatever you could fit in there christmas time wise um. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah, I mean, if anyone out there has a better idea, um, you know, get back at us. Now, here's the real question: Being New Year's Eve, what does Jurassic World do for New Year's Eve? Oh man, do they do they drop some kind of ball? Do they uh, do they stay open super late past midnight? Um, well, I mean, this yeah, is this it's, is it's not it's, on our outline, so we can keep this short. But like off the top of your head, what what's your like New Year's Eve? Like, what would be fun for you New Year's Eve? Well, I think World? I think the interesting thing is is the fact that there's animals there, and and it is somewhat close proximity to the main street, and I think that really like throws throws a wrench into things because you can't really have a lot of rambunctious activity past the the sleeping point of these dinosaurs, right? I mean, you know, you don't want to first off like unsettle them in their in their pens or their paddocks. Um, cause like all those paddocks were really close to main street. It's not that far. So you literally can't set off fireworks. You, I don't think you could have like music blasting all night without disrupting their sleeping patterns. Because then if you do that, then, then they don't end up being awake in the day. So then all the guests are missing out on their viewing opportunities and stuff like that. So I don't know. I have no I mean, idea. Maybe you're kind of making the assumption that dinosaurs like that none of these dinosaurs are nocturnal but yeah. i agree you can't do you can't do fireworks um i i could see maybe throwing some kind of party out on main street staying out late um i just don't know you know maybe maybe new year's eve at main street is maybe not a family event maybe it's 21 and over and it's you know, they they kind of op- keep the bars open late or something like that. You know, I would assume, yeah. or something. They got a night. They got a bunch of like fancy restaurants. You know, you could uh, uh, go to Stans or or was is that what it's called? No, Winston's uh, Winston's Winston Steakhouse. Or, um, yeah. Stans, like, you get it. Um, and then there's Margaritaville, right? So uh, that's not fancy, but you could have like more of the family atmosphere there, I guess. Um, but it's also a bar. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I think it would just be indoors kind of events and, and obviously wandering the street. But like, I don't feel like there would be big celebrations outdoors, um, just not to disrupt any of the animals. Because I think whether they're nocturnal or not may, might not matter because they might um, engineer them a certain way to to be active during the day when they have their guests there. Sure. And even if they are up at night, you know, any commotion, if an animal is out at night, it's because it's a hunter and any commotion is going to like kind of set this thing off and, and freak it out. So, you know, I think nocturnal or not, you're still, yeah, you're like you said, you're not going to be doing crazy loud stuff, but I could definitely see the restaurant, especially the nicer ones being open uh, a, a long while past midnight. Yeah, I just I, I wanna I I want to really know like the operation schedule of, of Jurassic World. Like I, I feel like this is all we talk about this a lot now, and I feel like it would just be fun to have that operational schedule, like you know like the ins and outs of the park, when things are open, closed, uh like how the guests are getting from place to place, you know, when they're allowed to be in a certain place or not. I, I don't know. I'm just fascinated by these details even though this place literally doesn't exist but it's still fascinating to me i'm gonna throw it out there because i i know colin's listening if he just wants to come on the podcast and just totally make crap up with us that people (laughs) are going to go nuts over and take as real live canon even though like it would literally be a conversation that literally means nothing oh yeah yeah absolutely doesn't yeah. mean anything just because like it's all about about like a theme park that was demolished like six years ago at that point yeah i just <laughs> i think it would be fun to get him on here somehow and be like hey so you know what's halloween like and he just tells us and we're like we just take it for fact now and like it's written in the record books forever yeah. um but uh yeah i don't know i i think it'd be fun to to experience that park during the holidays yeah i uh, yeah thinking about like uh, you know, just how commuting and stuff like that works over at the real parks. Like, oh man, that that's like, that's my, my jam is just thinking about how to do, how to like plan your trip to Jurassic world, how to make it all work like during new year's Eve. Like that just sounds like fun to me. Just figuring it all out. I know it's like, people are like, what are you talking about? Why? Who cares? I don't know. I just find it fun. I mean, you know, nerds like me care. Like, <laughs> not, none of it's real whatsoever. It's just fun to think about. Yeah. That's what everybody asks. How do you talk about this stuff for years? And I'm like, well, we just make up stuff that doesn't matter. That's that's how. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when this podcast ends, it will be X amount of years about things that really don't contribute anything <laughs> to society. <laughs> well, I think we made a people a few people laugh maybe or like their ears bleed or bored them to death. I don't know, but uh, at least we got something out of them. Yeah, maybe. But why don't we move on to our our main discussion point here, which is uh, the top things that we're going to look forward to in 2019. And now, I, I prefaced this earlier by saying like uh, that we're going to be talking about this later and actually how difficult it was uh, to come up with items for this list because right now there's not a whole lot on the schedule. There's not a lot on the schedule. And honestly, like when – you presented this idea to me. It was kind of like my mentality was, well, I don't want them to burn out. So, not that I, not that I, I want them to go black, uh, you know, black or dark like they did after Jurassic World. But I don't want them to kind of like this. This last year has been a Jurassic fans like dream. It's been absolutely insane with the lead up to Fallen Kingdom and even after Fallen Kingdom with. 
you know, there, there's still new merch rolling out on the shelves six months later, um, you know, for the holidays. And it's fantastic. But I almost when we were talking about what do we hope for, I was almost like at first I was like, I kind of hope they just slow their roll a little bit. But we do have some things yeah. that we hope happen. And I hope Universal will, you know, kind of keep pushing a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. just an interview or an article, something once every three months to kind of stoke those fires a little bit and and then lay off, you know, and then introduce a new element or a new attraction somewhere and then lay off a little bit, you know. Yeah. Hey, you know what um, just just blew my mind? You know, you mentioned 2018 being so big when I was talking that uh, having that discussion with Tom, I was just like, oh, my God, this list is never ending. And then when I was coming up with that list, it just there, there were just endless amounts of things to talk about and obviously we talked about it for two and a half hours so it was outrageous the amount of things that happened and i'm sure i missed several you know things to talk about or or people to shine a light on or or anything like that but it was it was the biggest year we've ever had i think you know it i feel like it outweighs um as far as content wise and things to talk about and merch and all that stuff i feel like it has to outweigh all of our previous years. Well, I would think that the biggest year for Jurassic was probably um, in 97. Uh, you still think 97 was bigger than, than this one? No, but this is what I'm saying. I think prior to oh, prior this. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have said the same thing. 97 has got to be kind of the biggest year, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the lead up to the Lost World. Everyone is stoked. But, you know, that back then it was basically just merchandise and a movie. And we've been getting experiences we've been getting toys we've been getting all kinds of other merch we're getting um you know internet videos uh this podcast and other podcasts that we're producing content on a weekly basis uh you know before fallen kingdom came out so you know you take you, you take like what they were experiencing in 97 or what we were experiencing in 97 and you crank it up and multiply it by 100 and i feel like that's what 2018 was yeah yeah it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it was it was absolutely epic from not only the studio standpoint but from the fan standpoint. Um, you know, art and the DPG and toys and video games and movies and Lego movies and like everything that you could possibly imagine. Like everything we asked for, we got. And I'm, I'm quite exhausted. Which makes 2019 really tough because we got everything already. Like that's what makes it so hard because everything is already here on my table and 2019 is like, Hey, what about me? You know, that's what I feel like at least. Yeah. And I think they're definitely smart to have not um, annualized this franchise as of yet. I, I still feel like in my heart of hearts, that's eventually going to happen after uh, Trevorrow leaves. Um, But you know, who knows what the future holds. Um, There are a few things that we, we kind of know are in the works um, just from, previous articles and releases uh and and not spoilers but like le- not leaks even just you know hype pieces that have been done uh and we've got a few things that are just kind of maybe some pipe dreams so yeah. um you I'll go through this list here we can start with uh Jurassic World Live and this was something that was kind of briefly just mentioned and then just went away yeah man um and i did mention it recently with tom that it it, it was was almost like out of our grasp for a little while but luckily it's back um i i'm very excited about jurassic world live um i i have never been to one of those like 
um, oh, I guess aside from the the exhibition, but one of those like walking with dinosaur experiences, something like that. So I am very excited to have like a Jurassic branded uh, uh, arena show with effects and walking dinosaurs and, and special seating and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So I think that's going to be a blast. And it, I mean, it should be as long as everything pans out, it should be in the fall, I believe, of 2019. Yeah, and I think that's a good place, right? The fall of 2019 kind of leading into 2020. Um, you're kind of in the midway point between Fallen Kingdom and the next installment. Um, I'm really excited for something like this. I hope that they are able to... Um, if I, Unlike the exhibition, which I think moves very slowly because there's only one, I kind of hope that they're able to move a little quicker to different cities. Um, and I hope that, you know, seating, I would imagine, will be readily available. I don't see this as being like a a sold out kind of thing. Um, cause I would imagine it's more geared towards kids and families. Um, you yeah, know, I, mean, with, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, who knows? I just have no clue. Obviously like we've not seen any marketing material. All we've seen is a mock-up of what the stage might look like. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it'll know, definitely so, be a family experience, but as far as like, I, I don't know how long does like, you know, uh, Disney on ice or one of those things stay around, you know, how long does that stick around or, or walking with dinosaurs, I guess. Right. Like it's usually within like a week or two weeks that you can buy tickets and then you're gone, you know, onto the next city. So that is much quicker than the, uh, the exhibition, (laughs) right? The exhibition stays around for a few months and, you know, kind of while we're on the topic of, of live things, I would like to see that exhibition open up its second location. And I, I hope that, you know, selfishly i hope that both can be kind of in on this side of the world um you know going from city to city i don't think that'll be the case um but yeah well i think i mentioned it recently um with tom again that uh the the second i I don't know i think it was a second one it's it's not supposed to be until like 2021 or something yeah something like that um it's pretty far out um i think it was honestly with the opening of Jurassic World three, if I remember correctly, I think it oh, was. Oh wow! Okay, so it's I think way it, out there. I don't quote me on this. I'm trying to look up my notes. I don't have it open at the moment, but I think sure, it, sure. I think it was like uh, Las Vegas, 2021. Um, but I'll, I'll double check that as we're having this conversation. But and then there there is should be a few more of those opening up. But who knows when that's all going to happen? If it happens, um, but that should be moving to like. I think somewhere in Asia last I heard had uh, read. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, getting, getting back to Jurassic world live. I, I don't, I don't see any reason why 2019 wouldn't be a, a great date to start. I'm excited for that. Uh, I hope that it's something that fully comes, uh, you know, real. And uh, I hope to maybe do some kind of get together. That would be awesome uh, to meet up at Jurassic world live. And I think that's a really cool yes. way to kind of, carry us through to the next you know Jurassic World movie well yeah that is a great point you know um you know we don't might not have a ton of events or things to look forward to in that sense but uh this gives us the opportunity to meet up with different people because this thing will travel around to a lot of places um and not just like a region I don't think you know it won't just be like just Philly like the exhibition did and then all of a sudden it's gone and it's in another country you know so it'll be like certain cities all over the place. So I think you'll have a good opportunity to see this uh, a bit more widespread. Um, but yeah, so it said the the construction of Jurassic World 2, which is the second um, exhibition, 
set to be Las Vegas uh, in time for Jurassic World 3. So, uh, yeah, it's not okay. really looking too good. Um, so it's out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that definitely gives us a lot of opportunity to meet up with people, which is going to be great. That's going to be a ton of fun. Hopefully do some like, for us, like some live events and stuff like that from these uh, shows, which is going to be a blast. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, that that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, and then uh, so let's see. Well, hold Moving on. I, on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I got I got one that just popped up into my head thinking about that actually. Um, I can't wait to learn about uh, whatever's going on to the Jurassic Park ride out in Hollywood. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. How could we forget about that? I, one? I, I almost forgot. We we're talking about theme parks so much. We might as well throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see the people's reactions to that. I don't think that's something I'm going to opening weekend necessarily. Um, or even opening year, but I'm excited to see <laughs> everyone's reactions to that. Um, I'm excited to hopefully get my chance. I'm really hoping, I hope it's really different um, than what was previously there. I get that they still have to stay within the confines of the river and the, you know, probably going up the ramp and it'll probably end in a, in a big water splash, but I hope it's so drastically different um, as far as theming, as far as story, uh, you know, hopefully maybe some more interaction, hopefully the uh, animatronics work and look great. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens. And I hope that the reaction to that is nothing but positive. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. I, uh, um, I think it'll be probably in the summer sometime. Right. And sure. uh, I will, you know, I don't think I'll be there, but who knows, maybe I'll be there, but, um, I will probably watch the, the ride through whatever they have. Um, are you the kind of guy to, to watch the ride through before experiencing the attraction or do you keep free from that stuff? No, only cause I don't think there's ever been a ride that I've been super curious about in the age of like the internet. You got to remember these Jurassic park rides opened up before we all had internet portals where you could just get on YouTube and, and do a yeah. ride through. So, um, you know, like it wasn't like I wasn't, I'm not gonna say I wasn't interested in the Harry Potter ride, but like I lived, I lived in Orlando when the Harry Potter ride opened. Um, most rides that I've ever, uh, experienced, I didn't necessarily have enough interest in the franchise to like need to see it online. But if there's some kind of portal online where I can try to experience that or, or some kind of like VR event, um, man, I would be a hundred percent on board to experience that as soon as possible in whatever form. Yeah. I, I, um, I think, you know, as soon as it, it opens, there will be YouTube video upon YouTube video, just showcasing what the attraction is. But if you consider like you just brought up, uh, the Harry Potter stuff, if you, if you were to film like forbidden journey, that would be like a mess of a video recording. You wouldn't be able to tell what's going no, on. But like if if you had the river adventure, you could definitely like get a good sense of the ride. So I feel like, you know, if you want to stay away from spoilers, I guess you could stay away and and not watch anything. I know people that are like that in the theme park community that don't want to witness it until they're there in the seat. Um, But I'm not that way. I'll go ahead and uh, give it a watch. I don't really care that much about the ride experience because I know it will be a, a completely different experience when I'm actually witnessing the ride firsthand but yeah yeah i i'm excited to see it because i do think it's going to be a bit different I, i've heard some good things from some people working uh around there that it'll be a different experience it's not just a refurb like a quick easy refurb it'll be a little bit more intensive so hopefully um 
I don't know. I, I honestly can't see what they could do track wise aside from what's already there. But, um, I, you know, I guess it looks like as far as like some of the construction elements that maybe there, there could be in indoor building, um, at the very start of the ride. So there could be screens and stuff, I guess. Um, but it could be a different experience overall. So I, I'm looking forward to it. And at least in 2019, I can't wait to find out what it is, you know, like, what are we looking forward to? What are the potentials that we get it in Orlando or what are the, you know, what's the outlook on anything else coming to Orlando, you know, like, like the fourth gate, I can't wait to find out what's going on with fantastic worlds, that park down there. Um, so that is like super on my mind. We talk, I feel like we talk about fantastic worlds and the new park, um, constantly on this show because there's a potential of a new Jurassic section there. So of course we would. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about all the hype for what's new. I kind of hope, and I don't, this might already exist. So correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I would love how they did on the back to the future DVDs at one point after they closed that ride, I would love for some kind of official production video that takes you through the California Jurassic park ride and kind of documents it and releases it for the public. Um, either on, you know, I know there's like home videos on YouTube, but I want like a real produced by the park, uh, ride along, um, where you can experience that ride for the rest of eternity. Um, in some kind of video format. Yeah. They don't really do that stuff. Unfortunately, that's they. They it's, don't, but yeah, it's a shame. I mean, who knows? They did it with Back to the Future, so you never know. It well, might, they, yeah. Wind up well, that's our- yeah, that's such like a, a unique experience because it's just a, uh, a, it's video, just a video, you screen. know, like yeah. just like like I said recently, you can find the the Shrek uh, attraction on the DVD. You know, like it's already there, but people still ride the ride. Like why? Right. Um, but like as far as like uh, a thing, you have to be there to physically experience it. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough. You'd have to have like. Um, I guess like a 360 camera in the boat and just send it down. I, I, I feel like the the teams at these theme parks probably have stuff like that to their like for their archives, but they just never release this stuff because I was it's wondering too bad. that. Yeah, I was wondering that about like um, uh, like Halloween Horror Nights stuff. There's really not a good archive of full walkthroughs, um, you know, out there. Really, there's like short segments and stuff like that because you're not allowed to film in there. But like on press days, they let people do some filming. So I just want like a fully a fully archived version of, yeah, like the River Adventure. So I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but I don't know if that's ever going to be anything that is released to us. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, there's there's just, like I said, so much to look forward to in the theme park industry for Jurassic. Uh, let's hope we get some kind of news outside of even the... Uh, river update or the river adventure update or whatever it is the the ride yeah the river adventure is down in florida sorry i mean just any any releases on live attractions would be man that would just be like a big hype moment for 2019 and um especially if something opened aside from the ride i think everyone knows the ride is for sure happening in 2019 but if there was like a surprise release like man i don't even know I, i really have no idea what they could surprise us with but um it, a surprise is always welcome. So um, now moving on here to uh, other things that we expect uh, to happen in 2019 that we're looking forward to is uh, new releases by Mattel. And I feel like Mattel's 2019 stuff has already kind of been, you know, kind of seeping its way onto the shelves, like even starting like in mid-December and stuff. But specifically, um, there's two things on this list that I kind of want to go over, which is... Um, 
one, I'm hoping that we get some kind of re-release of the Spinosaur, even if it's not the same paint color, even if it's just like a Walmart exclusive with battle damage, just something to kind of, you know, push a different retailer here in North America to carry that Spinosaurus so that fans who missed out on the first wave or the first model of it can get their hands on one. It's a fantastic model and um, that's not officially here on our list of things to talk about, but it's something I want to throw in there. I think yeah. the one that well, let me um, let me ask you this real quick. Sure. If they did that, do you think it stops the conversation of the Spinosaurus, or do you think it's like, oh, well, you know, asterisk, uh, I still wish I had that Spinosaurus, but thankfully we have this one. I don't think it necessarily stops. I don't think it stops the conversation because I think obviously, and I don't know. This is not a collectible <laughs> item. This is it's a twenty four dollar toy. Like I yeah. don't see the benefit of, I don't see the benefit of making this some kind of super scarce toy if this was sideshow or chronicle or hot toys like and we'll get to hot toys later if this was anything like that like a super high-end collectible i could see being like okay limited quantities not everyone's gonna get one but it's a consumer level like 24 dollar toy i really don't understand why this thing needs to be a conversation and so I I think that yes, on secondary markets later, if there was a re-release of the Spinosaurus with different colors, I think this one that we have now is the one that is going to be the rare one or the expensive one. But I think people just want to get their hands on that big carnivore toy. You know, the the Spinosaur is for better or for worse, it's like the arch nemesis in the Jurassic universe of the T Rex, and so. I think that's the main reason people wanted it was because it's the biggest dinosaur in the collection and it was just a shame that not everyone could get it and so I think doing a re-release is not only fair but it gives goodwill you know to Mattel and just makes the consumer happy in this industry it's really just about making the consumer happy so um, I do hope we get a re-release of that and I don't think it necessarily ends the conversation I just think it kind of it kind of quells it a little bit yeah I think you're right but you know, moving on to the biggest dinosaur in the collection, I think the one that everyone is going to be going for this year is going to be that Mattel Brachiosaur that was teased at the Toy Fair this last year in silhouette. Um, is that something that you're looking forward to? Like, are you like ready for the hunt on this one? Nah, who cares about the Brachiosaurs? No, Nobody, no, yeah, who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's only been 25 years. We've never had a sauropod. <laughs> oh, uh, come on, man. at that scale. The man, Brachiosaurus I'm, needs to come out. Like that's that we need that news. I, I need that news this year. That, yeah. that is to me out of everything we have here on this list. This is the number one news <laughs> yeah. item that I need in 2019. I think it's fairly. Yeah. I think it's like, Number one, if not, it's pretty close. Yeah. I think that this is going to be the new bad boy that everyone wants to get, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. um, I'm hoping that it is about as scarce, if not less scarce, than the Mosasaurus, which the Mosasaurus had a, a while where you could not find them, but then all of a sudden they were kind of all over the place again. Um, this is a figure that I want. I'm going to, I'm going to whisper this into the microphone. I want like five of these things, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I, I can't wait and I hope it actually happens. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as we know, it should be happening this year, uh, this coming year, but uh, I mean, who knows with, with toy stuff, um, stuff gets, you know, scratched all the time, but as far as we know, it should be coming, but uh, I'm looking forward to that so much, man. Just thinking about how massive that thing's going to be, 
Um, I, I feel like a lot of people are just not going to have room for something like this, but I, I'm I'm going to make room for this. It's going to be easy for me to make room. I'm just going to be like, everything else, look out. This thing's yeah. insane. I need it. This is probably, it, it, I, no doubt it will be my favorite toy. I, I think no doubt, unless a paint job or something's very bad, which I can't really expect because they've done a pretty great job so far. Um, so I think as far as quality is concerned, everything I've seen so far has been, you know, fairly great, um, paint jobs, construction, all that stuff. So I think when it comes to releasing a Brachiosaurus, I expect something pretty great and then I'm going to be really happy with. So that'll be like my number one toy, I think, uh, on my shelf. I think it's funny you're talking about, you know, making room for it. And it's like, dude, the Brachiosaur doesn't fit onto the shelf. The Brachiosaur demands the shelf, you know, like yeah, yeah. such a, a huge figure and being such a coveted one that people have wanted since the old Kenner days that we never got. Um, this is honestly a figure that, you know, I would, I have like a couple sideshow dinosauria figures that honestly, like I would trade out for a few Brach, like a few Mattel Brachiosaurs. I, that's how excited I am for this consumer-based figure that I'd be willing to, you know, kind of sell out some uh, higher-end collectibles just to fit this. Because while high-end collectibles are fun, it's really the toys that have always inspired me. And so, yeah, to be able to get one of those on my shelf, on my shelf in my collection, in my park, is going to be just epic. I cannot wait. Oh, man. That day, whenever they discuss it and and all that. Do you <laughs> think, do you think like, they're going to make a big deal of it, or is it just going to be like, hey... Something. Oh, there's something new on the shelf. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's a Brachiosaurus. Like, or do you think they're gonna like? It, it'll be like one of those EW articles. Like, I I don't know if they'll go that far, like they did with the initial stuff. But I want them. I want them to because it deserves it. See, I think they're gonna treat it the same way they've treated some of these other big releases. Like, um, oh, it's not an Al- like the Albertosaur, right? I think they're gonna treat it like the Albertosaurus, and what. That's kind of the level of excitement I want for it. Now, here's the thing. When it gets announced, I want you and I to do an episode like the day of like super stoked. But I don't necessarily think I want like an Entertainment Weekly or um, Entertainment Earth like, you know, newsletter. Because the thing is like, I don't I don't know if I want everyone to know that this thing is coming out. I kind of <laughs> want – I selfishly just want to be able to snatch it up myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you there. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't want it to be too, too widespread. But I just want to be able to like – show the love and and certainly yeah we'll have tons of articles every other Jurassic site out there will have articles and be showcasing this thing nonstop. it's going to be it's going to be a beauty i can't wait ah oh, 2019 that's definitely one of the best things it will be for sure maybe not in the wider like media mar- in wider media coverage but i think in the Jurassic community this will be something that is from the day it comes out to the moment they discontinue it and take it off the shelves there will be posts about that figure every single day oh no doubt i mean just thinking about all the beautiful pictures and artwork and all the stuff that we see now uh in regards to these toys like i just can't imagine what people are going to do with the uh with the brachiosaurus yeah i i'm looking forward to pictures by ted brothers like i'm looking forward to all these other uh you know toy photographers uh to do stuff with them i'm looking forward to uh you know putting mine uh amidst the herd of gallimimus that i have i'm looking forward to having my Spinosaurus, you know, posed alongside of it like it's taking it down. Um, man, I just cannot wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right, so moving on here. Um, now we're moving into the pipe dreams slash hopes of uh, 2019. <laughs> and uh, 
the first one is something that I brought up, which is uh, I specifically would love it if Hot Toys announced that they had the license to do six scale figures. Um, for those that you know know me outside of Jurassic Park, um, I'm actually really into a brand called Hot Toys, which is um, I'll say high end, but they're six scale figures, so they're not like seven hundred dollar uh, statues or anything. Um, these are if you if anybody remembers like GI Joe from like the '60s, they're like one foot tall action figures, but they're super highly detailed as far as costuming and um, face sculpts are concerned. And a while back, Chronicle had kind of announced that they were going to do six scale figures, and then those just kind of disappeared after the Breakout Rex and after um, the Indominus got announced and all that stuff. So those disappeared from Chronicle, and so I'm hoping that Hot Toys is working to get the license. Um, if you look up Hot Toys, they've got they've done really cool things. Like they do a lot of Marvel and DC stuff uh, for those movies. They have done like uh, the Alien from Aliens, and they've done um, Predator figures. Uh, anything that's kind of humanoid, they've definitely covered. Uh, but then the real question is, how do you cover six scale figures and then do dinosaurs? And I would honestly love a line of of Hot Toys sculpted six scale Velociraptors from different films. Uh, that oh, would just wow. be epic. And the great thing about six scale figures is that they're posable. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. You know, getting, getting a six scale figure Raptor, super detailed, super beautiful paint job, uh, you know, getting different Raptors from different movies and then posing them with like uh, an Alan Grant or an Owen Grady or an Ian Malcolm or an Ellie Sattler or a Claire Deering. Um, you know, unfortunately I think that Ellie and Claire might get, if, if this were to be a real thing, uh, the female characters in Hot Toys don't usually get uh, manufactured unless they're like the main character of a film. Yeah. Um, but man, that would just that would be the dream right there as far as collectibles goes for me anyway. I think in this community and, and these characters, I think like they'd all sell pretty good. I, I don't feel like anybody would like not want want certain characters i don't think um, no not in this community but you got to think now we're talking about a company that is yeah marketing much wider to, spread yeah. it's much wider spread right so yeah. you know we'll see yeah and i i would actually if, if something like that ever did happen i would like it if if like they just forgot about dinosaurs for a little bit and just just focused on humans you know like well because i would just want the human characters that's it like you know, because we've got dinosaurs everywhere. We've got tons of dinosaurs, all these things, the high-end statues and all that. There's so many things. But, yeah, these posable, like, pretty big. I have um, uh, Indiana Jones from, like, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I love that thing so much. It's it's huge. It's posable, super detailed. It comes with a little, a few little artifacts. And it actually came with the uh, the fridge that he, you know, that he climbed That's in. That's awesome. It's, it's one of my like prized, uh, collectible items. Um, I love it so much. So I would love stuff like that. Like if they included, you know, art, little, you know, artifacts and stuff from the movies that these characters interacted with. Um, but I would, yeah, I would just like it to be strictly like human based. So you can just focus on just the humans, get them all out there because that will take a while to go through a lot of these characters and different people. Um, but yeah, I would love that, like highly detailed, like where you look at it and you're like, this is a good job. This, th- I couldn't ask for anything better um, right. because I know a lot of these statues like this indie, I'm like, he looks sp- like spot on. He looks fantastic. Couldn't ask for a better figure. Yeah. I'm looking at my, um, I'm looking at my shelf now and I've got, 
uh, I've got uh, Indiana Jones from Raiders, and I've got him behind the pedestal. And what's great about six scale figures is that you choose the pose, so it's not yeah. like a statue where it comes pre-posed and that's kind of it. There's kind of an excitement to getting that out and deciding for yourself what that pose is going to be. And so, like for example, on my shelf, I've got Indiana Jones. Um, he's standing behind the pedestal, looking at the uh, the golden head, and he's got that sandbag in his hand, like kind of you know feeling it out yeah. to see if the oh, weight is man. right. I've got uh, I've got Kylo Ren here, and he's like, he's got his lightsaber like raised up, you know, pointed at me, and then he's also like force pushing uh, with the other hand. I've got uh, I've got Marty McFly in the dock, and oh, I've got them in the man. pose where they're like from the poster, where like Doc is behind Marty, and they're both oh, checking incredible. their watches. Um, you know, I'm just uh, and I've got uh, let's see, I've got Spider Man, he's hanging off my wall. Uh, let's see, I've got some other ones up there, like Hulk is. Uh, I've got a Hulk with like his battle axe and his. Uh, oh wow! And from, his, from like Ragnarok kind of uh, style, yeah, from like Ragnarok and all that stuff. So it's just fun to kind of get these out and choose the poses. And I would love nothing more than to do that with Jurassic figures. Like, yeah, it would just be so awesome. That is, yeah, that is one of my favorite things about that indie figure that I have. You know, he's got the fridge. The fridge is opened up. He's got like one arm like up on top of the fridge. The other one's just kind of sitting down like normal and his legs are crossed like he's just leaning up against the fridge it's just like he's so comfortable looking he's got the whip in his hand it's awesome i'll have to send you a picture of it but um that kind of thing would be amazing for for these characters and yeah i I don't know if we'll ever get anything like that but uh you know somebody like hot toys definitely deserves to uh you know have some fun with it Hot Toys deserves to take a crack at it, and I think where Hot Toys succeeds where a lot of other companies, um, like what I saw with the Chronicle uh, prototypes, where they kind of failed a little bit, was Hot Toys makes all the clothes fit really well. Um, if anybody has seen like the Toys That Made Us documentary on Netflix where yeah, um, yeah. The, the Barbie episode where they talk about how clothing for Barbie, um, you can't put regular fabric on her or else it gets like chunky, uh, it doesn't fit. Hot Toys is really good about picking the right fabrics to mimic what you see on screen, and they they don't put the clothes on the figure. They sew the clothes onto the figure. So everything fits the way it fits the character in the movie and doesn't look all chunky and, and cheap. It looks Everything looks fantastic on a Hot Toy, and so uh, that's, that's one of my hopes, pipe dreams for 2019 um, is, is just stuff like that. And then uh, let's see. You've got one here which is something that I have completely forgotten about, but I am super stoked for, and I hope we get it, which is Jurassic World comics from IDW. I know, right? Like, that's a thing. Like, this, I I'm, I forget how it was, like, discussed or announced, but, like, it was official. Like, stuff was supposed to come, but never did. So, um, you know, that's one of those things that I just would love to see announced sometime in 2019. They need this, like, sustainability program where they can, like, keep people interested in the product you know in jurassic world as a brand so what better than to have comic books released over time you know i think that would be a great thing to keep people interested and and to keep people buying in and uh you know because like we said at at, during 2019 there's not going to be a ton of stuff outside of mattel um and then maybe some some of the live stuff down the road and theme park stuff but you know comics could be something that keeps us all interested i think and maybe disagree if you think I'm wrong, but I think a lot of why we haven't seen this is because let me back up and say that I, I'm not a huge fan of the IDW stuff from 
pre-Jurassic World. Yeah. I think it suffered from, personally, my own opinion, what I think kind of the fandom suffers from, which is feeling this need to shoehorn in old characters uh, into the future or into the present. Like, the IDW stuff really focused on, like, Lex and how she was involved with Tim in the, uh, you know the new storyline with you know spoilers but like peter ludlow makes some weird appearance and i never could like get beyond that stuff and so part of me thinks that like idw that stuff wasn't great to me because they they didn't have a direction to go in because they were all they were given full reign to do whatever they wanted and they stuck with this like needing to revisit old characters whereas i think Colin and company has done a great job of now setting new rules for a new world. And you could do comics about the ACU. You could do comics about, you know, Owen starting work at Jurassic world. You could do now you could do comics about smaller experiences in the United States with a dinosaur. You could do all kinds of different things. Um, yeah, that's a great point. You know, we've talked to death about all, all the things you could do pre you know, Jurassic or even during Jurassic and Jurassic world. Um, but like, yeah, the things that you could do now from fallen kingdom forward in between the movie, like there's, there's a lot of endless stuff that you could do in there too. So that would be a great story. Yeah. A comic set in a, in the, you know, a a remote town or something like that. Yeah. And I think almost part of me thinks that a reason why we never got anything between Jurassic world and fallen kingdom was because, these movies aren't set in stone so far in advance like I feel like Star Wars or Marvel is. Um, currently, as we're talking right now, Colin and Emily are still just writing. Uh, they're still prepping for the new film, right? So they, they haven't really set in stone what that story is going to be. So I feel like because they're trying to really keep a continuity going, that might that might have been what hindered this last wave of comics from not coming out. But now that the world is a bit bigger, they can easily go to IDW and say, look, this is a story we're covering. You guys have access to X, Y, and Z, right? So tell your stories in this facet. We promise not to touch it as long as you don't touch what we do. Yeah. Um, you know, and they and could create tell, a continuity problem. Yeah. Like they could tell that remote village story or remote, like, you know, town story without trouncing upon anything related to the the next movie like they could easily do something along those lines i'm sure like there's a story there somewhere you know that they could figure out um they just need to to do it and don't let star wars like fool you as to how far ahead all this stuff is figured out because it, they've they've made it plainly obvious that they don't know what's going on half the time either oh that's such a you bummer know? That's I know. Such a bummer. So, but the thing is, like, yeah, they've just convoluted the market as well with all the comics and stuff too. So, as long as they don't get too out of hand, you know, uh, too many comics, too many books. But right now, we don't have have that problem. We just have one book. Um, so, as far as comics go, I would just love to see um, anything. You know, if there is one or two series, that would be fantastic. Um, just some sort of announcement. Just let us know for real what's going on. I want to know. Uh, you know, I want to at least have something because it, it's an easy sell. That's it. Yeah, it's such an easy sell. This is something that I'm going to, one, I'm going to buy it digital so that I can read it um, the way I like to read comics. I'm going to buy a physical version because I like collecting Jurassic things. And then I'll probably buy whatever compendium they release, uh, you know, collected edition. So uh, for fans, I think this is an easy sell. Um 
you know, and just hopefully because now that the world has opened up a little bit, they won't feel the need to have to revisit old characters and try to shoehorn people in unless it's unless it fits, unless it feels natural and and you know, there's yeah. a reason to revisit Owen and Claire at this point, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't yeah, we're not that big where they'll be like, Well, we introduced like, you know, we brought back uh um you know Laura Dern's character and Sam Sam Neill's character. We we brought them back in a comic book, so we don't need to see them in a movie. I don't think we're like that large scale yet, but like no, but at, if they did revisit them at some point, you know, like show what they saw from a certain point of view. Like what did they think of what happened to the events of Fallen Kingdom, or you know something like that, as just like a few pages, you know, like a side story to the actual story. Yeah, I would love like a series like. I don't know, for example, like uh, Tales from the ACU, right, where it is the Jurassic World that I wanted, which was a day in day, you know, a day in the life of an ACU member trying to keep this chaotic park under control and all the things that happened behind the scenes that maybe visitors didn't know about. But, you know, maybe ACU members died on a monthly basis, you know, and it was just swept under the rug. Maybe that's part of the uh you know, maybe that's part of the court hearing that we didn't get to see in Fallen Kingdom. Maybe there was depositions from, you know, surviving ACU members. Like, should these animals be kept alive? You know, and maybe there's ACU members out there that, like, are reflecting back and being like, no, they're dangerous, you know. Yeah. Don't underestimate us fans. We we will buy a comic about a court hearing. That's oh, it. Oh, <laughs> 100%. You sell me that court hearing comic, IDW. I'm, that's I'm, it. It does not have to have any action. Just a court hearing. That's it. Yeah, the Jurassic fans are a special – we're a special bunch. Yep. Just show me what Alan Grant was doing, like, just in the meantime. That's all yeah, I need to know. Just give me the – give me, like, old in-gen computer printouts. Uh, <laughs> you know, what is that extra dinosaur that we don't know about? Yeah. Um, well, that's, a, that's a whole topic for – Enhance. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this, there's all kinds of random stories that they could make up that fans would get into, and I think if you – you know, put some love and care into it. People outside the the fandom would love it too. Yeah, which which goes to our next point here is just like uh, another hope is is a new novel. Like, just announce a new novel. That would be wonderful. Oh, I don't man. care what it is. Just just give us more works. You know, like uh, Tess Sharp did such a great job with the evolution of Claire. It was a great world building, great addition to the franchise. Give us another novel. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't speak too much to it because I haven't read Evolution of Claire yet. It's my 2019 resolution to read that. I think between working on the movies and then the movie coming out and then all the toys and everything, I got a little um, – and it was, I and Yeah, it was a tough I got time, a, man. I got a little burned out just on merch and stuff. So I'm excited for this downtime, and I'm going to sit down when I'm feeling the need for a new Jurassic story. I can't wait to just dive into that book and uh, finish it out. But yeah, a new story – would be great um you know i'm looking for just really anything any kind of any kind of like old muldoon tale or an acu tale <laughs> or something that's happening um you know maybe maybe blue experiences uh, another family or something um yeah i don't even care i don't care what it is i just want like just to, just let us know that there's a new novel coming you know like right to, to just tell us who the author is and then just let us speculate, you know, because that's that's basically what they did with the evolution of Claire. They just said like, oh, this is a Claire novel or whatever by Tess Sharp. And then from there on out, we just had to go with it. 
you know? So that's kind of what I want to know is something along those lines. So you're looking for like a name drop or like a author drop or just a, an ISBN code release or something, something Uh, to go with. Yeah. I just want to be excited about a new novel. Like I don't care what it is at this point. I just want a new novel announced. Yeah. And I think novels kind of legitimize even further the, the franchise, um, Oh, for sure. As, as being a bigger thing. Um, a lot of huge properties have, novels i mean even like assassin's creed and gears of war and halo and um you know star wars obviously doctor who there's like all these huge franchises have these novels and uh you know why not jurassic let's let's get beyond the one that we have um and let's just keep going yeah i'm down um but yeah i mean that other than that is there anything else that you can think of that you're looking forward to or hopeful for in 2019 <sighs> No, man. I mean, I think we covered everything as far as we could. I'm sure there are things that were like, oh, yeah, duh. Oh, I should have mentioned that. Oh, I should have mentioned that. But as far as like the top things that come to my mind, yeah, this is pretty good. This is a good settling point. I know what I want. Okay. I want a Mattel Legacy for Explorer. There you go. That would be awesome. So that's my last that's my last ditch thing that I want. I don't think that really rivals the Brachiosaur, but I still want it. No, that that would be a pretty good one, but uh yeah, the Brachiosaurus the yeah, the Brachiosaurus is top of the list. I think it's just going to create a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh but uh, other than that, did you want to close us out with any thoughts or anything? Um man, I have no notes or anything like that, so I think we uh wrapped up all of our discussion points. It's this is it. This is the last episode of 2018, and 2019 is tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this right now, so it's all depending on when you're listening to this. I guess there's a very slim chance that you're listening to this in 2018. <laughs> I I hope you're not listening to this New Year's Eve at night. Oh man, I mean, what if this better is, plan if this, than to if this than, is the party? <laughs> if this is the party then we need to figure something else out. Yeah, yeah. Shoot us a message, and, and, and we'll, we'll figure something out. Because you honestly, though, I don't think you can have a better party than this. So if you're going to go to Jurassic World uh, and figure out what you're going to do New Year's Eve night, it's, you're going to sit down in your hotel room, and you're just going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the event at Jurassic World. Ooh, yeah. a, li- a live podcast from Jurassic World. Oh, there New we go. Eve. Yeah, that's a good idea. Go. That's a great that's a great in park idea. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think the park would need its own radio station, you know? Right. It would totally have to all oh, dude, that would be great. The whole podcast crew moving down there permanently. Oh, nice tans to, all the time. Oh to, man. Just to talk about animals twenty four seven. What do they talk about on that radio station? <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine? But all right, man. Well, I think for me that wraps it up. Uh, yeah, man. I, I think. Say, uh, go ahead. I just want to say, you know, to you and the Jurassic community, it's been an awesome 2018. Uh, I think personally, I've been involved more with the podcast uh, this year than in previous years, so it's been a really great year. Um, you know, the fans out there on Twitter have been nothing but awesome and uh, exciting to talk to you on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, you know, reach out to me and and I'll get back to you. You can reach out to me uh, at Aaron D Buyer over on Twitter. And uh, yeah, let's here's hoping, you know, for a great 2019. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. You know, it's been uh, awesome, uh, you know, introducing the Jurassic Wire to everybody over the course of 2018. Um, I think this this segment has been just a blast, you know, like 
We just kind of brainstormed a, a fun new news kind of segment, discussion topic segment, and uh, I think people have really like come around to really loving this one. So it's it's been a lot of fun doing this in 2018, and I'm sure 2019 is going to be just as special. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Awesome. Well, have a good t- 2019, everybody. Yeah, happy New Year's, man. No, I'm I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Is that good? You find it. Fantastic. Just the part they didn't like. I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. Hang on, this is going to be bad. All right, everybody, thank you so much for sticking around for this announcement here. I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, so if you stuck around, thank you so much. But I did want to announce that the podcast will be going on a short hiatus. Now, don't worry. Everything's all good. We'll be back. There's nothing to worry about here. Um, It's just that the podcast has been running straight for three uh, no over three years now it's it's been crazy we are on the 182nd episode that is 182 basically straight weeks uh there was maybe a few weeks maybe total i think it's got to be under five episodes uh or five weeks that i've missed um and it's yeah it's been nuts so it's been over three years of straight episodes and now video content bonus episodes you know we are on episode 182 but uh give me one second i'm just gonna click around here um i think this is actually the 224th or 23rd episode one of those um so yeah that is uh, a lot of episodes if you include all the bonus stuff as well But yeah, we will be taking a short hiatus. Um, You know, we will still be doing all the stuff over on YouTube. So that's not going anywhere. We have a ton of content lined up for YouTube. Um, I actually have like... Oh, man, it's got to be like 20-something videos lined up to film, edit, and produce and put them all up on YouTube. We have live streams planned. Um, Of course, the articles will be still flowing out on JurassicParkPodcast.com. I know Tom and James and uh, if anybody else out there wants to write and uh, myself will be producing articles as time goes on. And, of course, if there is any potential big news, which I don't know, maybe not in, in this small time frame but if there is any big news of course we will be here to cover it for you guys in a potential bonus episode if that does happen now for 2019 we actually do have a a ton of episodes banked already so we have a lot of different segments ready and rearing to go for you guys um i know we have uh, some jurassic kids stuff we have guess that dino we have some stuff from arjun boss oh man we got so much stuff tom fishing in as like a long segment that we never released um there's all kinds of stuff my my watch is beeping but we have all kinds of stuff ready to go in 2019 it's gonna be crazy there's big plans for all this great stuff in 2019 but i think this hiatus will definitely give us some time to add to that backlog plan some more content finally do some giveaways that i've had sitting here in my studio i 
I just haven't had a chance. So, you know, with producing this podcast, it's it's a lot of work, uh, you know, getting this thing out each and every week for the past three years. So I think there's a lot more that maybe those who don't produce a podcast or video content maybe just don't know that it, all this work goes into it. So um, I always appreciate everybody that listens each and every week and, uh, you know, for the past three years. But I just wanted to take a quick hiatus to focus on on a lot of that stuff like those giveaways and and uh, the extra content that we've been hoping to get out and stuff like that the giveaways like i said they've been just sitting here waiting for me to actually produce the articles and the uh giveaway like the way to run the giveaway and and images and all that stuff so i can get it out to you guys um and of course i have a ton of it uh, videos to edit um we're going to be planning a lot of collaborations with different podcasters and um different people in the community and of course most of all it's going to help to give me some extra time with my family, which is always great. But of course, for the time being, you will be able to see and hear me over on YouTube and of course, hear me on my other podcasts, Grim Grinning Hosts and Never Offline. Um, you know, I don't really ever plug those that much, but Grim Grinning Hosts is a theme park podcast. We talk about theme parks and other pop culture stuff. So make sure to check that out. That runs... Um, kind of sporadically so just keep your eye out on the feed never offline when i get a chance to posting it, it it's kind of rare these days but um that posts every tuesday and thursday but it's been a little bit but uh, we're getting back on the train now so you know we got a lot of stuff planned like i said and i am so thankful that everybody has been there for the past three years i will still be on social media still commenting still talking with everybody out there but the podcast itself will be going on a short hiatus don't worry we will be back soon but like i said for now head to jurassicparkpodcast.com for all the information and uh, any kind of announcements and stuff like that regarding the future Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 182nd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Aaron Beyer for joining me for the Jurassic Wire this month. I think there is going to be a ton to look forward to in 2019 when it comes to Jurassic. I think we have a lot to be excited for. And uh, we'll have an article up on our website about the things that we are looking forward to, like we just heard in this episode for 2019. So make sure to comment with some of your favorite hopes and dreams. And of course, as far as as the hiatus is concerned please don't worry we will be back soon enough so keep your eyes on our website and social media for more news regarding new episodes i am already very excited about everything that we have planned 2019 is going to be great and of course everybody out there have a fun and safe new year's eve and a wonderful start to your 2019 if you want to interact with us we do most of our work over on twitter at jurassic park pod we're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com to find everything you heard here today. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.